Hello and welcome to the NCUTM Learning in Lockdown podcast series. I'm Gwen Trezida from NCUTM and today I'm talking to Melissa Molner, a year one teacher and maths lead from Greenwich in London. I want to find out how partial opening has gone in Melissa's school and what their plans are for September. But also, Melissa is an NCUTM mastery specialist, meaning that she is involved in leading professional development around mastery, both in her own school and others in her maths sub area. She's one of the many mastery specialists who have been involved in creating our primary lesson videos to support children learning from home during the pandemic. So I'll be asking her all about that too. This conversation is recorded on the 22nd of June, Monday of week 14 of lockdown and the fourth week in school for those primary children in reception year one and year six who were given the go ahead to return to school at the beginning of June. Melissa's back in school and currently teaching in an EYFS bubble, even though she's been teaching year one for the rest of the year. Is that right, Melissa? Yes, that's correct. Okay. so so Melissa, do you want to start by just giving us a brief sort of introduction to your school, like how big it is, how how many um, in your intake, the type of catchment, that sort of thing? Yeah, so I'm currently working at a school in Woolwich and um, our school serves quite a big community of disadvantaged pupils. And uh, we've actually grown as quite a big partnership now within our school of other schools uh, within Medway, Greenwich, as well as Croydon. And kind of, you know, in terms of going into this lockdown, we have worked collaboratively before in the partnership, but I think now more so than ever, as soon as this happened, in terms of thinking about home learning, we really want to make sure that we were giving pupils across our partnership kind of the same opportunities. And so that was one of the main things we started off with was just we really wanted to start collaborating to the full extent um, within that. Right. And has that allowed you some sort of efficiency as well in terms of um, planning lessons and allowing for those teachers that have not been able to, you know, they've got their kids at home or they're isolating or they're ill or whatever? Yes, I think it's definitely helped with in terms of efficiency. So getting things out um, in it quicker, in a sense, to uh, the other schools, et cetera, because, you know, we've been able to share. So, you know, year one in this school is going to do the home learning for this week and then the next week will be another school. Um, But then, you know, I am a part of leading our kind of our maths group within our Inspire partnership of math leads. So we kind of came together and decided, okay, what's it going to look like for each year group for home learning? What are the skills we want to cover? And then that way we could try to share that wider with the other schools. And so we're all following the same progression, but we can share out kind of the load between us and all have kind of the same vision of where we want to get our pupils. Right. And does that mean that your pupils across the whole partnership are learning the same things in the same week or not quite? Yes. So everyone in our partnership, all the pupils will be learning the same things right now in the same week, which wasn't um, exactly the way we had it before. We had kind of partner schools where we would be planning together. um, But we just decided that for this time, we kind of wanted to identify the key skills that we think everyone should be um, teaching and learning and then kind of moving on from there. And what's your catchment like? Our school, I would say, is about 65% um, free school meals, people premium. And has your engagement been good then? I think in the beginning, it was a little bit of a challenge, I would say, because, mm. you know, this is where in the first few weeks, this is where we were really realizing, you know, actually these families don't have internet or these families need the learning printed off, etc. So I think um engagement at the very beginning wasn't as good um so then we had to get creative so then we started doing things like 
we've always had Twitter as a partnership in schools, but it was engaging that even more and getting some um, lessons online like uh, phonics, et cetera, math, um, just bigging up on those phone calls. You know, we've got a Twitter for our class. Have you, do you have a, a parent account that you could get on? So it was just about, you know, using the teachers really to show the different ways in terms of, you know, sending out text messages with the home learning links. So um, it's really been a big organizational front, I think, for, you know, our office team, senior leadership, just kind of working out all those kinks. But I really do think that engagement has gone up since then. And I think time has gone on since we've opened as well. Um, more and more pupils we've had to you know open more and more key worker bubbles etc vulnerable people bubbles Um, and I think you know the more we use Twitter and showing more children kind of are coming back for learning I think parents are starting to become a little bit more comfortable with the idea of you know sending their children back. So just tell me what your week looks like now Um, now that you're back in school you know how, how much are you in school how much you're at home how does that look? Um, so I have a couple of days where I will be working at home because I'm sharing a bubble at the moment um, with another teacher who was in year two prior. So we're kind of splitting the teaching time at the moment. And then if we have another bubble that will be opening, then we'd have to split off and I wouldn't have as much time at home. But for the moment, as the numbers are down, we can kind of share that out of class time, um, whether at school or at home. Some of it I will be at school as well. A lot of my out of class time has been thinking about, okay, how how is the home learning going for maths across the partnership? Kind of constantly reviewing that and seeing how that progression is going. Also thinking about there's been a few projects that we've been kind of trying to complete as math leads across our partnership, looking at things like calculation policy, reviewing those types of things. But then also, you know, the biggest thing is really thinking about, okay, what might next year look like and having those discussions with other leaders and meetings, thinking about, okay, what do we really want to make sure is going to happen next year to ensure, you know, our pupils aren't being left behind. And then while I'm in school, I'm working in that EY Fest bubble. So at the moment, we've got about 12 pupils in my bubble. And it's actually wasn't as scary as I thought it might be going in EY <laughs> Fest. Um, I mean, it was in year one. Uh, so it didn't seem like that big of a jump. But I had such a big part in helping, you know, map out um, the new medium term plans in terms of our recovery curriculum going back that actually I had a big part in making the nursery and reception learning overview for this next seven weeks or so. So right. I already I think more than ever I've had this is the time that I have such a, I feel like I have such a strong sense of what's going on in maths almost right. on both ends because you know I, I've helped plan what nursery's doing as well as year six. So I feel like more than ever, I know kind of exactly what's going on in the whole school. And are the children in school doing the same work as the children at home? Yes, to an extent. So we've tweaked it slightly differently in terms of being at home or in school. But essentially, our curriculum is kind of um, revolving around the same core text across the whole school. And like our global curriculum learning in that sense. And then so anything that we cover, say, in maths, the same thing will be covered in the home learning, but perhaps in a different way. So um, in year one, when we're touching on multiplication in at school, uh, we'll be teaching it, you know, using the PD materials, um, using some of the white rose documents, et cetera, within our planning. 
But then with the home learning, we're going to be utilizing those NCTM videos of multiplication of year one or year two. So, you know, we'll be touching on the same things, but it will be kind of a different platform than um, what might be happening in school. Um, and can you tell me a little bit about what you're thinking around the recovery curriculum as well? We are going to be, you know, taking our autumn one term and going back to previous things rather than teaching all the new content because we just don't think, you know, looking at a mastery approach, it would be appropriate to move forward. We do want to look at catching children up and close these gaps and really make sure that they're ready for the next year, but also being very mindful about well-being and what we want the purpose of our curriculum to be for the children. So that's kind of been the balance. So let me ask you about these uh, videos that, that we've been making. Um, so uh, just for, for our listeners, we've got um, about... 15 lessons, 15 video lessons a week coming out. Um, they are five for each pair of year groups. So there's year one, two videos, year three, four videos and year five, six videos. And um, they are all recorded by mastery specialists using our professional development materials. And they've been very, very popular. And I believe Melissa has been involved with the year one, two ones. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. So do you want to talk me through the process of planning the lessons and then recording them and how that all goes because I see it from the how to get them published on the website end but I really don't know very much about your end of it. Yeah it's been such an amazing experience to be a part of Um, but what the process kind of is is we start with one of the professional development materials so we've started with multiplication in year one and started from the very beginning so we would uh, have an online meeting with Debbie Morgan and Liz Lambert to kind of, and five specialists. So we'd have five lessons a week in each year group. And we'd kind of just go through the teaching points and kind of break it down within five lessons a week. And I think what was really important to see and just kind of discuss with other teachers afterwards after making these lessons is that, you know, the professional development materials were never meant to be, oh, here's a bunch of lessons, now go use them. They're meant to teach teachers really and give them that professional development and use the resources to help them plan lessons so this is a perfect way to kind of show other teachers this is how you use the materials Mm. and so we kind of talk through the materials and think about okay you know is this going to be for one lesson is this teaching point one lesson or is it going to have to carry over and carry over a few lessons so just really trying to think of what the pupils understanding would be and how slow we'd have to split up the materials so it was it was really really good good discussions to have that dialogue with other specialists but also with Debbie Morgan and Liz Lambert as well to get their insight and the best thing about it was actually I was getting so much professional development during this time <laughs> that I never expected to get you know as a mastery specialist I finished my training so you know I kind of feel like oh well I've done my training I'm the one giving feedback or I'm the one supporting but actually this has been doing these videos has been such a professional development experience for me, getting opinions of um, and feedback from the other specialists that I normally didn't take advantage of as much. You know, we've got this network to utilize and mm-hmm. now I've been utilizing them so much more. And then as well as having that discussion with other leaders within the NCETM. So we've had this discussion, we have the initial discussion and dialogue about what the five lessons are going to be. We also discuss about, okay, what's the takeaway practice activity that the children could do from this lesson? And we want it to be something hands on they can do at home more so rather than doing lots of like, let's say, like worksheets, et cetera. So something they can, you know, show at home that would show the real life concept and have that understanding. 
And then the next lesson always follows up on the previous one, um, is, which we thought was really important as well. And so it was important that, you know, that they did them in the sequence so they could get that progression. So we had our initial meeting, we go away and we plan our lesson. And then we'd come back the next day on another meeting and we'd all discuss again and just really refine and tweak. And I think that was really important to, you know, have that second day of discussion because that's when we really noticed the things. Oh, actually, this doesn't make sense from one next one lesson to the next. And then we'd go away and record them. And then um, then they'd come up the next Friday. Did you find doing all that online at all difficult or did it just happen as it would do if you were sat around a table? For the teaching aspect. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, at first I thought it would be really weird, but then it's, it's odd how quickly you get into <laughs> teacher voice and teacher mode. You know, all I needed was that puppet or whatever and a few things. And, it, you know, it just seemed like it made sense. And, you know, it really felt like although there weren't children there, you learned really quickly how to, okay, I'm going to pause now or stop the video and you're going to answer this question um, and so I think the more you did it, the easier it got. And so that's why, you know, when they said, oh, do you want to do another week of it later on? It was, oh, of course, I've done it already. So I can do um, and I think it initially started out as, you know, it was a great opportunity for me to do your one lessons because actually, you know, I know some of my children will get to see them yeah. and that I'm not even teaching anymore. And just the idea of using the teachers in general, it's like a familiar face almost, just not even myself, but, you know, other teachers and um again parents as well not knowing perhaps what teaching for mastery is and they can kind of get a little bit um of cpd themselves really on what a mastery lesson looks like and see i've heard yeah i've heard a lot of teachers say that actually that their their parents have really liked them because they can now see how their children are being taught um and there's always that thing isn't there where parents say well it's not like it was when i was at school and uh and i don't know how to help my child and i think yeah, perhaps the videos are helping some parents that way as well. And the other thing I was just thinking, Melissa, um, you, the videos are quite short compared to a lesson, aren't they? You know, they're, they're not a whole hour. You wouldn't we wouldn't expect a child at home to be able to sit through a whole hour of a lesson. So they I think they range between about seven and 20 minutes. And I think the, the younger ones are definitely on the shorter end, aren't they? Do you think that reflects do you think the learning step that you're doing in that video reflects what you would be doing in an hour at school? Or have you had to? cut it into even smaller steps you know what I do think it would be quite similar to what we do in school I think perhaps a little bit shorter like you said but actually when we end the lesson it's like okay now you're going to go away and do this practice activity and that Mm. would be really similar to at school you would do your practice activity and it would take the children what 20 minutes or so to do so I think when you think of it in that sense it's not far off um, and there's quite a lot of pause the video and go and do something, isn't there? So you could see it taking an hour. Yeah. And I guess if you don't have the children right there in front of you, you know, you have that dialogue and discussion with the children while you're teaching. And that does take up time. But when it's in the video, um, you know, you are pausing it or whatever and you don't have that discussion time. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, ter- in terms of those breaking it down and slowing it down into smaller steps, you know, I would say that is quite similar to how we have tried to plan our math lessons, especially using those materials. Can I ask you the same question about collaborative planning with the other mastery specialists? How strange was that doing that online com- compared to being able to talk to them in a room? Well, I think just because at that point when we started doing it, I feel like doing Zoom and online platforms, it was just it become such the norm that it was almost not out of the ordinary anymore. And I think it has just become the norm, hasn't it? I just mm. I think for me 
you know, I always thought I've got mastery specialists in my own hub to, you know, rely on if we ever need each other, et cetera. But now more so than ever, I've been using the mastery specialists network as much as possible, you know, within um, working with people that I never normally would get to work with, you know, in Newcastle or wherever, all over the place um, has been really, really exciting. And just to get a diverse range of opinions that you normally wouldn't has been such great professional development and as well as uh, I think, you know, we always say within our own hub, you know, everyone share resources when you can, et cetera. But then all of a sudden we're, we move to online platforms and we've been sharing, you know, recorded sessions or things and more than ever because it, it just seems so much easier. Um, so I think like having those networks, they've always been there, but I don't think I utilize them enough until now, really. And um, you, you talked briefly about how you, you'll use the videos in the future. Do you think you'll use them with pupils in the future as well? Or are you just just talking about using them for professional development sessions? Um, I'm not sure if I've thought enough about how we'd use them with pupils in the future. You know, I, I guess, you know, you never really think about pupils being off ill. Is that going to be a thing where they, you know, or they're going to be away for a certain amount of time for whatever reason? You know, is that something that I can share with parents over the summer or, you know, in whatever kind of situations, if they aren't going to be at school, of course, I would love to be able to use them with children in the future. Maybe it will be parts of lessons. Um, oh, we're going to watch, you know, this this little clip from this video because maybe it's going to show a concept and I want you to watch it. Um, I think they could be utilized perhaps in the classroom in a sense, maybe not the whole of the lesson in general. But I think there are ways that we could utilize them in that sense. Thank you so much for talking to us, Melissa. I hope our conversation will help other teachers to reflect on their work and maybe also inspire them to look out for our primary lesson videos. And as, as I said, I will link them from the from the podcast page. And to the listeners, thank you for listening. If you haven't caught up with our other interviews in this series, we now have quite a handful covering the weeks of lockdown and since partial reopening with a wide variety of experiences in providing learning at home and in school. And if you know a teacher you think we really should interview, then please do email us on info at ncetm.org.uk or you can find us on Twitter. Thank you for listening. Bye.